We are going to talk about changing everything while rebuilding your marriage after infidelity. It's so tough to do because you get in a groove of certain things being a certain way, um, especially prior to the situation happening. And even during that time to where it's like, okay, look, we got to look at how we were before. Things are going to change from there. As well as during this situation, obviously those things have to change. But um, I know for us, during the course of everything happening, everything going on, and once we got to the point where it was like, okay, now everything has to change, we had to change everything from scratch pretty much because we really had to relearn each other yeah and to you know as the cheater it's really best like okay say if it was from a job quit that job god will provide you a new one that's just that i I mean i know that's what we did i had to do i had to quit my job literally block the person from my life and just change everything literally everything Yeah, and I think that that's really important for everybody to remember. It's like, you really got to take yourself out of that environment completely and take anything, any type of remembrance of that environment that you are in during that point in time. Because what happens is, it's just like if you leave a relationship and you stay cool with the ex, but you move into another relationship, you're still leaving an open door for something to try and, you know, have an opening and feel like there's a glimpse of hope or a glimmer of hope within that situation the whole point of it is really just temptation yeah um and not to trigger the emotions in your spouse to go back to that place that you took them to where the marriage was once destroyed so changing everything is literally vital i don't feel comfortable with you still being in that situation if I know that it all started with that person. And then also, you still hang around that person, but you may be saying, oh, you know, that's done, that's never gonna happen. You're also being misleading to them as well by still even keeping any type of friendship because that may, to them, be a, a, a sign that, hey, there's still an opportunity there. Whether you think so or not, it's, they may still think that. It's vital. Once again, that you change everything. If you have to even change your number, do so. If you have to, like I said, block the person, do so. It's it's just important to make your spouse feel as comfortable as possible. And it's also a sign of you showing that you're you're serious about this. And I, and even for the spouse that was, you know, the victim in this case, like there's still a lot of change that you have to make as well. Uh, yes. Your environment, the people that you're around, because... It, it goes back to, um, and I can't remember the exact scripture, but back in Levitical order, one of the things was when you get married, you would have time completely away from everything to just be you and your spouse. You guys take time to get to know each other, get to love each other in a more intimate way, especially within that first year of marriage. That was the, that was the whole point of that honeymoon phase when you first get together. It was no work. It was no exterior factors that were, you know, taking away your focus on your spouse. 
Right. That was something that we did not have. Right. Like we spoke on before, I left for school a week afterwards. After right. We got married. So this was an opportunity that I looked at that, yo, I got to change some things as well. I got to make sure that I'm truly giving attention to my wife and to our marriage and not thinking so much of myself. I realized that then where I messed up. Like I say, I... I after the cheating or before the cheating? After the cheating. Okay. Yeah, this after the cheating, I was able to, like I say, I had that 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 humble meeting with God to say, okay, look, I understand she made the mistake, but I also had to ask, was there any doorways that I left open as a husband to where I was not there for her, especially after we finally got through communication and we started breaking down barriers within our communication that, you know, I wasn't being childish about how we were communicating. Mm -hmm. Neither one of us were. We were starting to learn how to sit back and talk with each other and really listen to what we were saying. And hearing it out, then I'm like, okay, I I definitely see as a husband where I was not there. As we're making these changes and we're going through this transition within our marriage and within our relationship, I got to make sure I change everything as well. The things that, that were around me that were pulling my attention from my marriage without building upon it towards the future. You know, even the friends that didn't necessarily speak much on my marriage, but maybe they just weren't in a place to where they were really trying to pursue greater for their life. They were comfortable in the same situation. I had to break myself out of that because as a leader of my family and a leader of my household, I had to take my responsibility a lot more serious. So I couldn't hold myself to the same standard as some of my friends that were okay with being in the same spot because we had different responsibilities and we had different priority levels that I had to attend to that, that they didn't have at that time. And it was no knock against them that we were still young. They were young, but I just saw that as look, Keith, you got to make some changes. If there's going to be changes made, it has to be made on both sides. Mm-hmm. As much as people don't want to hear that, it has to be made on both sides. Even as a victim, there is still possibility of some type of wrong that you did, like we said, when it goes back to the recognizing what could have led up to it and what gaps could have been left within the relationship. And a lot of the things that we did while changing everything on both sides was praying together. Honestly, a lot of this stuff, we had really no guidance, little to no guidance on how to really navigate this properly. But we we did have family that supported us through it, but the guidance after the entire thing was uh, really rough. So what we're giving to you now is what really can probably knock down a lot of years if you... and if you if you do choose to implement these things um, to rebuild your marriage. But one of the things that we we did was we dedicated ourselves to get up to pray together at all time, even when if he was on his way to work, he would call and right. we would pray and we would be on the phone. Just, you know, yeah, just yeah. praying. And, you know, that uh, it was a it was a sermon that we have both listened to. Mm-hmm. Just, actually, it was more recent times that we listen to now. But we we look back on it and see in hindsight, this is exactly what we were going through that your relationship is a three-part relationship yeah so you have god at the top of the, of the pyramid let's say the top of the pyramid and both of us are at the bottom corners of each side of it mm-hmm. but we're not on the same rope to where if i pull myself up it pulls her up right. if she pulls herself up it pulls me up we have to work together to meet at the top of that pyramid with God. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that was number one that we realized we needed to do because, and honestly, that was how our dating relationship started off. Right. A lot of our dates were us just doing Bible studies at, at each other's house or something like that. Uh, we did not, it wasn't always us just going out. It was more so spending that intimate time with us and God. 
Right. So we returned back to the source that brought us together. Exactly. And we realized quickly that separating or departing from the source that brought us together is what caused the destruction. Um, so and this is one thing I do want to bring up how a lot of people say, you know, no, you have to give 100, 100 in a relationship. We believe that in order to give that 100, you have to still give that 50 to God. So that's why we say 50-50. When you're giving 100, 100 to each other, it becomes sort of like a worship thing. And where does God fit in? Where does God fit in that that percentage, you know? And I think a lot of people think when we say 50-50 that we're saying, oh, we're giving 50% to ourselves, 50% to our No. Partner. No. You, you're giving yourself out. Yeah. And I'll explain why. <laughs> you give 50% to your partner, you give 50% to God because they are both important. You need to make sure that God is still involved in it. The reason why I we did not worry about giving ourselves a percentage because we know when we give to God, God is going to give back to us. Yes. He's going to be there for us. Yes. He's going to be our provider. He's going to be our comforter. And he's going to culminate our relationship to a level that we would not have thought of. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, it was especially during that what I would call a redating phase, Mm -hmm. because that's what we really took it back to just redating each other, relearning each other. Mm -hmm. And to touch back on what my wife said, we did not have a lot of help. Um, It was for two reasons. And I want to be honest with you guys, because some of you guys may be doing the same thing to yourself. For one, it was I don't know what I would necessarily title it as. Maybe it was our pride to a sense Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, and a somewhat secrecy Mm -hmm. that we didn't obviously didn't want everybody to know what we were going through. So God could have been sending us just like he may be sending some of you guys a lifeboat, but you're turning away from it because you're like, I don't want to give my business out there. I don't want to talk to them about this, that, and the other. Part two of that was also because as we grew older and we find out about some of our family members, some of the situations they went through, they went through the same thing. Yes. But nobody spoke up on it. Right. And they're looking at us like we're the... (laughs) Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, dang, y'all both <laughs> speaking out about that. Like, yeah, well, and we need the, the help. Exactly. We needed the help. And, <laughs> and that's the thing I think a lot of people uh, have. I mean, I'm just say worldwide. I have a very old school thought process of what happens in the home stays in the home. And we agree to a certain extent, especially when you're going through that. When you're going through that fight, yeah. it's hard to just detail everything to the world. But once it's done, it's not to say you have to detail everything, but you have a testimony of how God pulled you through it. That's why it's important for us to speak up on these things. And that's why we are speaking up on these things. Right. Because there's somebody that's not going to feel comfortable talking to somebody in the family because somebody in the family has not opened up about what their life was. Right. What problems they dealt with. But going back to the 50-50, um, I think it's important to to remember that you're not going to give 100% of you because 100% of you literally was just broken, right. torn down, shredded to pieces, all of that is done. And which is why it's important for the both of you to dedicate your time to Christ to God um, in prayer and, you know, in supplication regarding all of your cares and your worries so that he can step in and show you both how to love each other and become one again. That's just important to remember. I I just wanted to point that out because I really, I don't like it when couples say, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I don't believe that. I just, I, I don't know how to be for him without God. I, I don't know how to be 
anything without God. I can give my, I can give half of me, but the the other half of me isn't always correct. The other half of me doesn't always know. Like I, I don't. In order for me to be all for Him, as stated before, I have to give. I have to give that to God. In all honesty, it really should be a hundred percent to God in order for the both of you to to thrive. But. 50 50 you know that's a whole nother topic we can go into that another time but but yeah and and you know one thing that we always have to remember is that as soon as you are giving more percentage to something outside of god we can easily step into that idolization and that's what that's what we really understood we had to be careful about we didn't want to idolize ourselves we don't we didn't want to idolize each other over god we kind of already had a glimpse of what that was like because everything that we, you know, idolized prior to right. was snatched away from us. Mm-hmm. You know, during the course of everything happening, like we saw a lot of things, you know, pulled away from us and at the time didn't understand. Now we look back and it's like God really had to take things out of our way that were distracting our view of him. What happened happened, but I, I like you stated before, our pride, we kind of prided ourselves on being the first young couple in our you know especially in our city to be married and we thought we was just going you know we was going to smash the whole thing and just be a complete power couple um immediately you know right away but we really didn't understand the magnitude or 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 what we were getting into and we didn't we just, we really didn't, really didn't know. And that's why I say truly, like, you have to give yourself to God in order exactly. to be for your spouse because you don't know. You do not know the road that's ahead of you. Yeah, you don't. To be honest, we had that thought of so much pride within ourselves that we, it was like almost an instant thing. Right. We took our focus from God. It was focused on us. It was focused on like, oh yeah, like, you know, we... We are a young couple, very few within this city. And then, you know, during these day and age, like within the world, pretty much, there's not many people that get married at a young age. So we were so full of thought on ourselves that we took God out of the picture completely. And you either humble yourself or you get humbled. But yeah, guys, so that concludes our episode for today. Remember, one of the strongest things that you have to do is starting over, you know, right clearing out everything of the old, bringing in new and reculminating that, recultivating, I'm sorry, that relationship with your spouse. Even if you have to redate each other, start from day one, truly have that time together where it's just you guys to focus in on your relationship and clear out all the extra noise and get right. back in the face of God. Right. We may want to give 100% to our spouse, but you cannot give 100% of yourself when you have not given God his time as well. Mm-hmm. And really, he deserves a majority of it. Because you him. broke covenant with him. It's not only did you break your spouse, but you broke covenant with him. And it on both sides, he views the wrong, just as he did Adam and Eve. Although Eve was deceived, Adam was wrong as well. And she was just as wrong as him. You're both in this together. And if you're going to make this covenant with him again, it's best to do it right and consult him and please him throughout the entire the entire marriage. Exactly. Because without him, you're not whole anyway. So how are you going to give your whole self by neglecting the main source of who you are? Who created you? Who even gave you the thought? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know somebody out there just said amen. So thank y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and we're going to get ready to close out with that. You guys have a blessed day. We thank you so much for listening yes. to this podcast. Hearing my wife's beautiful voice. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you guys enjoy mine as well. But, they love your voice. You're wise. <laughs> <laughs> you won't let me in.